You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. Our current serial is Of Knives and Nightblooms, and we are halfway through Chapter 6 at the Frisky Foxglove, uh, Chapter 16, Part 2. Mark the Frisky Foxglove as one more tavern where Icaros could likely never drink again. The place was packed with people, though the bard had already stopped playing by the time Icaros made it inside, and there was blood on the floor. A big man with tattooed hands lay at Valeria's feet, and the rest of the crowd had pressed back to give her space. She held her knives, both bloody, and stood with her teeth bared, choosing her next victim. "'It's another one!' someone yelled as Icaros entered, dressed in the same fine blacks as his wife. Clearly there was no hiding that they were both priests of the Black Raven. "'I'll handle this,' Icaros announced to the tavern at large. "'No one else needs to get hurt.' Someone smashed a chair over his head from behind. He used the momentum to carry him forward, taking Valeria out at the ankles. She screamed in fury, and Icaros only just swept his hands up in time to block her from stabbing him in the neck. As quickly as he disarmed her, she found more knives on her person. He twisted her wrist to take a particularly wicked scythe knife, and she stuck him in the meat of his arm with a fruit parer. Frustrated, Icaros forced her flat on the floor with the weight of his own body. He pressed his forearm hard across her throat. Perhaps if she lost consciousness, he could drag her back to the barge to sleep it off. Valeria's pupils flashed green and black, then green again. Stay down, Icaros growled. Her hands moved faster than he could see, and he had to flinch back to avoid being stabbed in the face by yet another knife. This was one he'd never even seen before. Twenty-five years since the first time they married each other, and she could still surprise him. Icaros rolled back out of range, and Valeria rolled with him. Her other hand flicked out to pull the fruit pearer that had been lodged in his arm. Now she had two knives again. The tavern hadn't exactly emptied out. A bar brawl like this was clearly not to be missed. But those of the crowd who were brave or curious enough to remain were pressed up against walls and the bar itself. Staying out of the way, now it was clear that the true battle was between the two priests. Icarus leapt to his feet, as did Valeria. They circled each other. Her eyes still flashed with the unnatural green of the magical killing fever. Sweat rolled down her forehead. Icarus did not know much about the side effects of Monster. What happened to those soldiers who survived their battles? As long as her eyes were on him, she was not killing anyone else. Valeria let out a scream and leapt at him, knives flashing in the low lantern light of the tavern. Icarus swerved, ducked, avoided every blow. Each time her knife did not hit home, fury and frustration built in her face. "'Punch her in the face!' called one sailor, waving his tankard enthusiastically. "'Stab her in the gut!' yelled another. "'It was rare for Icarus to have such warm support from a crowd. "'Valeria's first victim must have had friends at the frisky foxglove. 
He narrowly avoided one faint by Valeria and felt a table at his back, running out of space here. Valeria screamed like a banshee and ran at him. Icaros swerved once more and caught her arm, smashing her head first into the table that had been behind him. His mouth and throat closed over and he bent over the crumpled figure of his wife, expelling dandelions and clover from his lungs. Not from hurting Valeria, surely. Calyx. Valeria rolled, bleeding from the nose and mouth. Bright red buds and petals flew from her lips. Somewhere their mistress needed them and they had failed her. We have to go, Icarus told her. Pain burst through the side of his thigh. He didn't have to look down to see what she'd done. Stop fucking stabbing me! Calix is in trouble. Valeria laughed, her eyes still bright from the drug. Priorities, she slurred, and slid off the table to the floor. There was blood on the deck, and Mardi lay horribly still. No, wait, she was still breathing, in little quick huffs. A rose petal clinging to her lower lip fluttered. Not dead yet. Dio didn't know enough about the human body to know how bad it was. In all his studies for the examinations, he'd never come up against... Which parts of the torso can you shoot without instantly killing a person? But blood on the deck was bad. Kalik stared at him and then at Mardi. She seemed frozen, crouched by the doorway where Mardi had shoved her. You heard her, he said desperately. Get into the cabin. You have to stay out of sight. There was a knife near Mardi's limp hand, a dagger that she must have drawn when all this started happening. Dio scooped it up by the hilt. "'Where's Nimue?' Calix asked, still refusing to go inside. She looked around wildly. "'Where's my daughter?' "'This is clearly a trap!' Dio shouted. "'And you are all out of assassins!' Thorns stabbed his throat for his insolence, and he didn't care. Footsteps sounded hollowly across the deck. A priest in black walked towards them. He had a neat beard and long moustache, long black hair streaming out behind his embroidered jacket, which looked a lot like Valeria's own idea of a professional outfit. Black feathers tufted at his collar and cuffs. The man's clothes were made of soft lark flax, so you wouldn't hear them in the night, though his heeled boots weren't exactly subtle. He wasn't Aiden. Dio's mysterious man of the night. This man was just as dark and handsome, but he looked far more put together. A fashionable city priest, out for a night of elegant murder. A wooden longbow was slung on the assassin's back, and he had swords hanging from his belt. He'd clearly managed to stock up since his encounter with Icaros back at the cask and barrels. The bow... This had to be the bow. Which raised the question, who was Aiden? The bow held Nimue, one hand pressed to her mouth, dragging her along beside him as if she weighed nothing. Calix's daughter looked terrified, but she was complying with him. No sudden movements, no fighting back. Good. She might survive this. The crew of the silken hair 
every one of them compelled to serve and protect Calix and her daughter, all ran at him in twos and threes. None of them had the fighting skills to match a servant of the Black Raven. The bow beat them off easily, with fluid motion of his other hand and the knife he held in it without letting go of Nimoy. Stop, said Calix abruptly. She wasn't talking to him. The sailors fell back, released from her bond. Without a blind need to protect her from this stranger, their natural response was to watch the scene warily. Let my daughter go, said Calix, staring down the assassin. I'll give you whatever you want. She was glowing a little, her skin brightening, raising her magic, Dio suspected, trying that trick of hers again, to bring the bow into her service. She'd had worse ideas. The bow gave Calix a courtly smile, while tightening his hold on Nimue's throat. That was the general idea, he said amiably. Dio was the only one left, the only person on this barge still conscious, whose job it was to keep Calix alive. He'd put in hours on training over the years, disarming, dueling, all the basics for a gladius. He might not have any gods on his side, but he had Mardi's dagger. He was sure he could slow the bow down long enough to... The bow threw Nimue directly at Dio. She stumbled, crying out, and Dio caught her before she could trip over Mardi's body. Before he could steady her, before he could do anything, the bow made his move. He seized Calix's wrist as if pulling her into a dance. The air was full of a sudden flurry of black birds, all feathers and wings, fluttering in a dark cloud around the bow and Calix. Dio pushed Nimue aside and ran into the wild, flapping mass of black ravens. They vanished as quickly as they had appeared, leaving empty air behind them. Air and black feathers drifting down onto the deck. The bow and Calix were gone. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawa land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional and continuing custodians of Lutruita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletters for updates. Follow me on, well, maybe not Twitter, at Tanziara. Uh, that name also works on Instagram and threads. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. Sorry, my voice is going. I did want to tell you that this month, which is August 2023, I have a special offer going on Patreon at the moment. All my subscribers, even at $1 a month, get the brand new uh, Belladonna U collection, Practical Witching, which is the third and probably final in the series. If I come back, it's going to be like a 10-year reunion tour or something. So this is the, the last of the proper series. They are all graduated now. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're interested in that book, it will be going to Amazon. Well, the ebook will be exclusive to Amazon from September. Uh, so if you want the non-Amazon version, then my Patreon is the way to get it. Uh, it'll be on paperbacks everywhere. There's no exclusivity with those. 
but yeah, my, my Patreon subscribers this month get it early and the $15 Patreon pledges uh, actually get the paperback as well before anybody else. So if you've been following Belladonna U over the years through this podcast, um, you may be interested. The last story that appears in the book has not appeared yet on this podcast. It probably will at some point in the future, but I wanted to give like a bit of an exclusive to the the, the, the book readers for now. Um, in fact, there are two stories in there because the other one was a bonus ebook from Patreon. So there's quite a bit of content that you might not have come across if you only follow Belladonna U through the podcast. I've also written song lyrics, uh, quite a lot of them. So uh, yeah, come and come by and check out my Patreon. I will see you next week for chapter 17 of, of Knives and Night Blooms. Thank you.